Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk a lot about Stranger Things, because the new season is out and Lucian is really excited. We also talk about how many long rests should you be taking, and I have some uneventful gameplay that I figure is kind of my fault. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir, and all (laughs) of the sirs, ma'ams, and aliens, non-terrestrial beings, whoever's watching our stream. Welcome to a Saturday morning in July. That's that joke of, uh, surely you mustn't think that, and you're like, I do, and don't call me Shirley. And don't call me Shirley. Uh, yeah, I should change up the intro. Maybe it's getting a little stale. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome everybody. We are a D&D talk show podcast, uh, and we live stream every Saturday morning on, uh, Twitch and YouTube. And so if you search Saturday morning D&D show, you will probably catch us. Lucian is super zooming out his camera now so that you can see, um, every, all of all the stuff that he's got behind him, which is really awesome. Um, and yeah, we talk about news and we talk about the games that we play and how to become better dungeon masters. And uh, I have a good question for you later when we get to Jordan's thing about how to... And Matt Colville actually touched on this in one of his videos that I saw recently. But but uh, I want to know, how do you get your players to do what you want them to do? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I suffered from not knowing exactly what I wanted my players to do. But what they did do, I was kind of like, well, that that felt uneventful maybe maybe i should have like thrown in something but we'll get to that later uh but first we always talk about news and uh i know you're a big fan of the stranger things um did you ever pick up the stranger things one shot that came out i had it in my hands at the bookstore um on rpg or i think it was the day after rpg day or it was about a week or two ago and I had that in my hand, and I had the Ack Inc. book in my hand, and then I had Tomb of Beasts. And I was Total looking things, at yeah. it, and I was thinking, I really want the starter set, but the thing I needed right now was a good beast tome to add more stuff to give to my players, and I really wanted the Ack Inc. book so I could read through it. So for this month, I picked up those two things with the plan to maybe go back and get the starter set probably, because I do want I want to i want to have it i want to run it i want to try it out because i like the idea of it and i do and i love stranger things and this season no spoilers from our show so i I hope you all get to go out and watch it but this season was even renewed my wanting to um just love the show and talk about the show and and it was really good it wasn't a letdown it wasn't one of those seasons where sometimes you get a season you're like oh you know, they jumped the shark or they did something I didn't like. I loved all of it. So it was really good for this season. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, everybody on the internet is saying that season three is as good as season one. Because season two was good. It was okay. Um, but it did not, it, I didn't feel like it was as good as season one. So I'm excited that they have found some some way of making it invigorating and fresh and new and cool. And so uh, <laughs> that's my plan tonight is to watch Stranger Things. So I, and now that the 4th of July is over and I got to see Spider-Man far from home and I got all that out of the way. Now it's, now I'm going to dive into the stranger things. Are you going to binge watch? Are you going to watch episode after episode after episode? Or or Um, you mean you're starting tonight? 
Well, I'm yeah, I'm starting tonight. I will definitely binge it, but I'm not going to sit in front of my TV for 13 episodes. So I'll probably do like two or three episodes this <clears throat> evening and then two or three episodes tomorrow. And I don't know. I don't know. We'll just see. So. I believe it is eight episodes. Oh, there you go. I thought it was it's one of the shorter ones. Yeah. Okay. So like two days ago or just before uh, 4th of July, I rewatched season one and season two. And I was also surprised. There are shorter seasons. They're not like the long, like Game mm-hmm. of Thrones kind of seasons. Um, but well, it was no, really Game good. Of Thrones are pretty short. Well, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Originally they were at the ends. They weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was cool to go back. And I, I still fell in love with one. I thought it was great. Um, and like you said, like when I first watched two, I was one of those people who felt like something was off. I wouldn't have called it better than one. I called it that I still liked it, but there was something about it that I didn't like. The second watch through that I went through, I found I did enjoy it more and I wasn't as taken out of it as I was, um, that first time. There's some really good things about season two that I think were even better than season one. Like having um, Sean Austin's character in season two was really good and powerful and impactful. And that was even better than some of the stuff we got in season one, but it was still good. But season three is just so good. Here's a little thing for you. So when you get to uh, episode seven, I won't tell you anything about it, but the funny thing was, think about this as you're watching episode seven, as it starts out, um, I started it at like about 9.30 at night here. And that's when, when all of the big fireworks explosions started outside of my house. And it synced up with exactly what was going on in the movie, in the show in season seven. So it was like, I had like real world sound of fireworks and stuff going off that match. Because not only is it just they released season three on July 4th so that we right. could watch it. The show is taking place during July and the July 4th date in in the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they are in the same month we're in, which made it extra super cool and, and fun. Um, it was just really good. It's I can't wait to probably go back and rewatch it again. Like I binged it. My wife didn't want to sit, like you said, kind of sit through all eight hours in a row. So I just I just watched it through and I still can't wait to go back and watch it with her, you know, through all the other stuff because it was really good. So really fun. D and D mentioned again. Um, it went to a place in D and D that I think after you watched it and after it's been out, maybe for a month, we can come back around and talk about it. Yeah. Cause it goes to a quintessential place about D and D in some ways. And I'd love to kind of dive into that at some point too. Um, because it no, is it's, still mentioned. It's not like it was left off. Yeah. It's cool that they're still keeping that, yeah. that underlying they're, they're theme, I guess of, of D and D. So, and then we got to talk about, what creatures do you think are the 5e representations? Because I saw some people talking in our comments from last week when we challenged them to say, what were the Demogorgon dogs, like the dog creatures? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what's their equivalent in D&D 5e? And what's the equivalent of the, the Demogorgon itself in um, first season? What would that be the equivalent? So when you get to the third, I'll wait till you watch it, but we're going to have to come back because I think we're going to have a really cool, fun debate about what 5e creature would best represent what they had to deal with, which I think is kind of cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. We're uh, Stranger Things podcast, if you didn't know. Uh, yeah. We talk about we're turned this, this first one. Welcome. <laughs> um, we've mentioned this earlier, but the physical copy of the D&D Essentials kit is out at Target, and you can pick that up. Um, but something that I don't think we did touch on is that you get a code in that box for the adventure on D&D Beyond, and then a coupon for, like, 20% off the the player's handbook on D&D Beyond. Right. And 
I was thinking about this and a lot of people have been asking like, hey, if I buy this physical book, I want to have a digital copy on D&D Beyond. Like, why can't you sell me that? Um, and I think it was Nathan Stewart, right? He was saying that, uh, well, then you have to like shrink wrap them so that people don't steal the code out, you know, and you have to make sure yeah, that the yeah. book is like, and people can't peruse through the book and they want people to be able to flip through the book. So we're never going to do that is kind of what he said. But then lo and behold, here they are doing that um, with this essentials kit. And I wonder if, if it was an experiment for future books to have D&D Beyond tie-ins. Um, mm-hmm. Or if this was just kind of a, well, we'll give them both because this, is, this product is to like hook people into D&D. So if we give them both, they can choose how they want to play. Do you want to play online with D&D Beyond or do you want to play physically at a table? If you're playing at a table, go pick up a player's handbook. If you're not, hey, you've got this coupon and we'll kind of nudge you into the online route with D&D Beyond. But I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Um, and I don't yeah, know. And I wonder too, if you're, if you're brand new, let's say you're, you've been hearing about this craze, you had some friends that talked about it and you finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go buy this, this starter set, mm-hmm. this essentials kit. And I'm going to be a first time DM and I'm going to gather together a group of five first time players, <clears throat> kind of what we think the box set is kind of targeted for, though many of us will buy it anyways. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to then go to the D&D website and try to decipher what's going on there when this is your first interaction with Dungeons and Dragons at this point? So I wonder if, like, I don't know if that's an overload. I don't know if that's a ton of stuff, but it is a sealed box, like you mentioned, so you can't just pop it out. Um, If it only gives it to the information that's in the box already, that seems interesting to me. Um, so it's not like you don't get player's handbook, you don't get dungeon master's guide, you don't get the monster manual, no, you which get you basic rules, which is free yeah, for everybody free and you anyways. get the adventure. Um, yeah. but like, like you were saying, like, you're right. If you're, if you're brand new to this hobby, then, uh, why are you, if you're buying this, you're probably going to utilize all of the cards and the, I almost said props, but they're not props, but like the cards and the resources that the, that the box gives you to play physically at the table. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, but maybe people are like, you know, I want to get into this D and D thing. Oh, look, it's all online. That's kind of cool. Um, I'll like experiment with this roll 20 thing and see if I can make D and D beyond work. I don't know. Um, yeah. cause there's lots of people like, um, that ha- have moved or maybe you're in the armed forces and your friend, you have friends all over the United States and, or you know, all over the world really. And so it's like, we want to sync up and play with them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it was, it just felt like they told us that they're never going to do this. And then they right. turned around and did it. And I'm like, is this an mm-hmm. experiment to see what people want? Because you're a company and you want to provide what people want. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that's something that everybody wants is a way to scan their player's handbook barcode and get even 50% off, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, I already own this. Can I have 50% off of the player's handbook on D and D beyond rather than paying full price for both? And what if conspiracy theory put my tinfoil hat on? What if this is the first stage or the first step of them no longer doing books? No, it all digital. No, no, you're like, you're like, you you sound like a newspaper guy that will never stop selling newspapers. Everybody will always buy. (laughs) You're right. I do sound exactly like that. But (laughs) at the same time, uh, Wizards of the Coast is a book publishing company, 
and sure. D, they are contracting D and D beyond to do their other stuff. And I don't think they're going to be a sole pro- like, I don't, I think they're still going to physically want to make stuff and not outsource outsource is the wrong word. Not uh, like give out their intellectual property to other companies to make money off of. Like, I just feel like they'll always, they'll always be like, well, no, we started as a book company. We're going to keep doing, even if they, even if sales super tanked, they would just make less books. I think. And, and rely on the digital content. Because there's always going to be somebody out there that wants physical books, even though That's nobody exactly picks up. That's exactly what Blockbuster yeah. said. Blockbuster yeah. said, there's always somebody that wants to come out and rent a movie. <laughs> Who you would got stream me. Netflix? You got me. That is the craziest thing in the world. No, I, I think they want books. I think they love to have them on the shelves. It's still yeah. a game that's played at a table primarily. But I do not think, we're we're entering the digital age. We are clearly getting past the pen and paper except that it's nostalgic and we like to do it versus we need to do it yeah and we definitely all are using electronic aids almost in all of our games that we're playing at this point even the people that go to the tables they probably have prepped content digitally in some way whether they did it on their computer and printed it out to make handouts and get things ready whether they created characters or npcs or using counter builder or whatever they did a lot of the stuff's going digital and we're just we're in 2019 we're moving to 2020 of this year. You know, it, it would not surprise me at some point we well, all go digital. And I'm the perfect example of that because I just bought a Chromebook to help me. Basically, I wanted a little laptop at the table for mm-hmm. uh, doing D&D stuff. And uh, I used it for the first time this Wednesday. And instead of having like five books open, like I've got my adventure book, I've got my notes, I've got this, I've got this, of this, I've got, I had five tabs open. So I had mm-hmm. a tab for every monster, which was really useful. And then I had um, a tab for my notes. And then I had another tab where I could write new notes on the fly. Um, and then later on, I was able to look at the notes that I had written down and incorporate those into my main notes. And it was just so easy. And I was like, I, and so having that little laptop at the table, yes, it took up space at the table, but I got rid of like three books. Um, So I just had my adventure book, my laptop and my dice. And it was really nice. And I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see this. And then I'm excited to try and use it because it, it, not that I'm shilling Chromebooks, but I really like this thing that I bought, but like you can flip it all the way around and make it a tablet. So in tablet mode, I can use my character sheet for seven, my Warforged Eldritch Knight, and I can uh, use him at the table. So I'm going to, I'm going to try going all digital because the rest of my group really likes using D&D Beyond on their phones. And they sit there and uh, use that. And so, yeah, exactly. My Galaxy tab that I really no. love. Mortar Canaan as the background there. Yeah, and they're super useful. Like, yeah. So I like having a keyboard, which is why I like that I bought a little laptop um, so that I can oh. write stuff down. But I use, oh, there you go. You got that. <laughs> but I've got, um, I use Google Docs for everything for my, my uh homebrew or not homebrew yeah my homebrew game and and everything like i write down everything in google docs and then usually i ended up i end up printing that out so i have it at the table but now mm-hmm. i'm thinking i don't even really need to do that anymore so um we'll see we'll see yeah. if i and, i mean and, and again I, we're not so far i love it oh yeah we're not sponsored by D beyond but we would yeah. love to if they ever need another oh yeah sponsor not only can you do that on your chromebook but at some point if you need to look up something quickly you could use your phone or any web browser that you can get to because yeah. once you have the account on D&D Beyond, you can get to it from any device at this point. You could be anywhere, practically. But then, That's and this cool. isn't in my show notes, but Microsoft is shutting down their Microsoft Books. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they had uh, a book service where you could buy digital books like Amazon or uh, iTunes or things like that. And uh, they're shutting that down. Now they have Microsoft money behind them. So they're refunding every book that some these people have bought. Wow. Um, so because it's like you will no longer have access to this library of books that you've bought through Microsoft. And so that's, that's the, the that's the danger. And that's what I wanted to bring up. Like and people on Reddit were talking about this. We're like, this is why I can't trust D&D Beyond. It might be really convenient. It might have all these benefits. It might be really cool. But at the end of the day, I don't have a physical copy in my hand and they can take that away willy nilly because I'm mm-hmm. not allowed to download anything. I don't have any digital files. I'm not, you know, like, yes, it's a digital version of the book, but there's nothing on your hard drive. Uh, and so you're, I'm like, yeah, like, and yeah. you know, not that D and D beyond will go down in the next five or 10 years, but like, who knows? Maybe in yeah. 20 years, they were like, you know what? Seventh edition is really popular. We're no longer supporting fifth edition. And all of your fifth edition digital books that you bought are just gone. And they don't have Microsoft money behind them to refund that money. So, right. yeah. Right. It is the danger. Like if you have a Steam library and all of a sudden yeah. Steam shuts its doors one day, you don't have physical copies. But that's the kind of thing we've been dealing with. I mean, now, like, do you have physical copies of your music anymore? Do you have physical copies yeah. of books you're reading or are you just using audiobook and are you so we are transitioning i think media is not that we're the type of podcast that talks about this all the time or experts <laughs> in this, this is a really is odd funny. episode but <laughs> yeah it is funny that media has changed to be you're not paying you don't own the media you own yeah. the ability to use the media for a certain amount of time and that could be you bought a song that you're allowed to listen to once and then that's it or you bought a song and you can download it and you can listen to it but that's all you have you can't transfer it you can't move it you're like all these weird media rights stuff that you can do or like a movie you watch a movie once and you're done you've rented it and it's and it's gone um media is about the charging the consumption of it less than letting you have ownership of it anymore the and artists that's, that's what they the companies wanted. want to keep yeah. the ownership of it they don't want you to have the ownership the companies have wanted that from the very beginning they got it they finally got <laughs> yeah. it and it's, got it's true way. and they did it subtly where they're yeah. just like no all you have to do is pay ten dollars a month to google and you get unlimited music yeah. and it's just kind of like Oh, that's really awesome. And you're right. I'm saving all this money, but you don't own any of that music. So the minute you stop paying $10 a month, you lose all of the music that you would listen to. And so it's, it's, uh, no, it's yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Get, now get I do my tinfoil like hat on now. And there was uh more Mordain in chat here also mentioned a lot of people's barrier to entry for that is that they're paying for things twice. Cause I buy the physical book and then I go to D and D beyond and I lock the content in D and D beyond. And we've been talking about this. I'm an online player. So then I go to roll 20 and I unlock the content there. Right. So I'm paying for that book three times. Cause all of them are 49 95 everywhere you go to pay for that mm-hmm. stuff. So in some ways, I can see a backlash happening and I'm sure it's on the Reddit page where they talk about that, where the backlash of making us pay for the same content more than once instead of just making it available to us. Um, the idea that it could go away at any, any moment a website goes down, they lose maybe D and D beyond, which isn't a wizards of the coast company loses the licensing right to wizards of the coast. They do yeah. something and the companies say, you know what? You're no longer licensed to us. You need to go find something else. Maybe they go to Pathfinder or something, but then what? And they don't have the license to Wizards of the Coast. This happened with Netflix where they um, no longer being licensed to the Disney stuff. So all those shows that they were doing that were Marvel related, 
are now stopping on Netflix because they don't have the license to Disney stuff anymore because Disney wants to open up their own online streaming service. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really interesting. It's interesting. And there's a lot of games out there. D&D is the only one I think that's been affected by it so far. They're the biggest one. I don't think the other RPG, TTRPGs have been. Um, and maybe that's okay. Maybe it still stays an indie kind of niche thing. Maybe they're able to keep the nostalgia of like it's a board game vibe to it and not go full digital, full computer game, full multimedia. Well, and a lot of those other smaller RPGs, they offer... Um, like drive through RPG offers PDFs of them because yeah. they know that people, if people want to buy them in any format, they just want to get them into your hands because they're mm-hmm. such a small RPG. So that like, I'm fine with digital as long as I have that copy, like I'll pay $10 for a PDF. And now I have that PDF. Um, yeah. All of like the that, supplement so. books I bought from Jetpack seven for D and D five E inside, they have a coupon to go get the PDF for free from yeah. drive through RPG. Or it might be from their website, one or the other. Yeah. But they, they say, yeah, you bought our book. Thanks for buying our book. Hey, here's a digital copy for you to use if it's convenient for you, too. Mm-hmm. So I like that model. I'm not sure why, D- why D&D doesn't drive with that. They're uh, scared of piracy, but, I think, is what yeah. it, it's always been scared of piracy. And uh, But I don't know. If you're yeah. – you can find pirated books if you really want to of anything because yeah. piracy is always going to exist. Um, mm-hmm. I think – it's with it's with anything you want to set the bar high enough that people it's difficult it's so difficult that people don't want to try but there's always going to be those people that are like oh that's a challenge i'm going to climb over that bar you know mm-hmm. and so yeah it's it's interesting it's but. business anyway um <laughs> what else is happening in news so there was a new champion released in the um, Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms game that I'd love to play on Steam. If none of you are playing, it's a free game that you can play that does have microtransactions, but I don't think I've put in any actual money into the game, and I'm pretty deep into it. And we got Walnut Dong Grass, or I always like, in my mind, it's always Dank Grass, uh, but Walnut Dong Grass from the C Team is now in there. So we now have the full C Team crew oh, cool. in idle champions so you've got donner you've got walnut um you've got rosie and you've got uh Catrice, which is all really cool so that's super fun um i'm wondering where they're going to go next where they're going to keep finding characters are they going to keep going after stream shows are they going to find more books that are being written because at some point you've used all those characters um so it'll be interesting do they start making brand new characters that could be interesting to see so far it's been you know established stuff so we'll see where they go with that game so you can play it you play through a mission you get through 50 levels you unlock um, walnut and if you keep playing through those same missions you can unlock the gear for walnut if you haven't tried that game i know a lot of people love to play that game i know i see um, um indoor adventures plays it all the time i play it all the time so it's pretty fun Sweet. So walnuts out there, which is cool. And I also noticed um, I was watching, I just decided to pick up and watch uh, one of the C team episodes and on their latest one, Anna Prosser was on there. Yeah. And she got to play her character and uh, She's she been was really the... lamenting the fact that she can't play uh, yeah. Evelyn, Evelyn, Evelyn. Uh, she, yeah, yeah, she can't play Evelyn anymore. Uh, well, not that she's forbidden to. Um, it's just that dice camera action is still on hiatus. If that's ever coming back, we don't know. Um, yeah, and so I think they were just like, oh, like, come over here. Come come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Papa Penny Arcade will play with you. Like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, 
watching that, I see her as being a really good addition. So if they go to a five player party, I could see that happening. Um, oh, that maybe cool. not just being a guest, yeah. her actually coming in, or maybe she's in the works of trying to get a party together. Cause I really think at some point she was a driving factor and getting the waffle crew going mm-hmm. um and with working with chris perkins but also their streaming show and i think she was kind of part of of getting that up and going so i'm sure she probably wants to do that again because we she's an avid role player she loves to role play her characters and she's got a great you know interesting character yeah um so it was a good episode to watch it was pretty funny to hear some of it they you know they didn't shy away from too much of it they, but they didn't really delve or talk about any of the other characters and they went on with their adventure. I haven't watched through the whole thing yet, but I thought it was cool to see her on there. So that was the other thing I noticed. Other than that, they didn't have anything in D&D news other than, hey, here's all the products that are out that we already know about. They've been out for about a week or two now. Uh, they're still prepping Descent into Avernus. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming. Those are the you know the yeah. big things. They didn't talk about anything else that I've seen news-wise. No new lores you should know that I saw that came out this week. So it was a pretty slow week in the first week of July here. Maybe it was because everybody was having vacation or something. There was was one thing that, uh, and I should have brought this up, but, um, and it's, it's an older post, but I was looking at like news articles on, on wizards of the coast website. And they listed a bunch of, uh, products that they are no longer not supporting, but like manufacturing. So it's like, these are end of life products. Um, and one of them was the fourth edition player's handbook. They're just like, we're not making this anymore. Just FYI. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So like, if you want a fourth edition physical player's handbook, there's, there's always going to be PDFs and there are PDFs of these older things. So you can grab Mm -hmm. those, but, um, the physical copy of it, they're no longer manufacturing or supporting, I guess, or something. And then, um, the Boulder's gate, not Boulder's gate, the tomb of annihilation dice set is like finito. And so that's also like, if you want to grab that, it's no longer being made. So it's going to, you know, collectors are going to start hiking up prices and stuff. Um, And just little things like that, that I thought was interesting. So, well, a cool thing with RPG books too, is at least at my comic book game store, there is a used section where people can come in and get credit. So they'll bring in their old um, role-playing game books. And I constantly go through those bins and get like the old books that I want. Cause I wanted my first edition Warhammer book that I'd lost somehow throughout the moves. I finally got two of them again. Um, I saw a bunch of fourth edition books that were in there. Um, so there's all these people bring their stuff in. So sometimes that's always, you know, used bookstores or oh, yeah. game stores that, that do credit is a good way to find some of that stuff, but you can find PDFs. I, I'm, I think you can find that on, can you find fourth edition on drive through RPG? Is it only fifth it's, edition? That stuff that's not on drive through. Yeah. RPG? It's yeah. So third and fourth edition, you can buy those yeah. books either on drive through or not the DM skilled. No, it's on drive through RPG, but yeah, they're, yeah. they're on there. They're PDFs that are on there. So cool. once, once fifth edition started, then they allowed the PDFs of fourth edition to come out. And yeah, so I picked up a couple, like uh, I think I picked up uh, Menzo Berenzen, like city of the drow, because it has a, if you want to do like a cool, um, it's a campaign setting for the city of the drow, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And they have, uh, the, I, I own the Neverwinter book. I won it in a contest, which is really cool from fourth edition, but that's the same thing where it's like, if you want to play a game in Neverwinter, here's like everything you need to know about Neverwinter. And part of me, I miss those books. I wish that D and D would do like campaign settings for specific parts of the realms 
Um, because for my job of making D and D lore content, they're amazing. Cause you're just like, Oh my gosh, this just has so many, so much good information in it. Um, and that information still translates. If you want to play like a fifth edition game, you can still use that. Yeah. It's just like certain bonuses and characters and magic items need to be tweaked, but. And there's nothing wrong with playing an older edition. Those games are still fun, edition, good yeah. games. Yeah. yeah it's cool. good. So Lucian. Yeah. What did you do in games this week? So it was fun that even though we had an American holiday and my um, my one DM is Australian, so we had a lot of jokes about American uh, uh, 4th of July and all that kind of stuff, so that was fun. <laughs> but it was cool that even though most of us were doing stuff for holidays and stuff, we all made the games. Nobody had to reschedule for the games, so we all got to play. I think so after the day- movie Independence Day, we all realized that the 4th of July would not no, would no longer be an American holiday. It's a, yeah, it's a worldwide saving the world holiday at this point. (laughs) Uh, And I think it's funny that some countries look at us very funny about what we do or how we celebrate it. You know, it's just uh, such an explosive celebration. And so it's fun to kind of share that with other people. Um, So Monday night was Seeking Revenar campaign. Our party delved deeper into the dark recesses of the, uh, the evil abbey or monastery that they have found. Um, they got to fight a Tanarook and a Shadow Demon. Have you ever used Tanarooks in your in your campaigns? These I don't are think the so. part orc, part demon combination. Oh. So there's CR four or five creature, pretty cool, pretty tough um, type of creature, straightforward kind of melee guy. Yeah, I did that thing that we talked about so long ago in one of the episodes where. He had an ability, he had a reaction ability that I totally forgot. Like I was, we go through, we're at the last round of the combat, it's almost over, and I'm reading the skill block. I'm like, oh, that's right. He has a reaction that lets him hit people when they hit him. Isn't that everything? Like I ran a combat recently where (laughs) I forgot they had multi-attack. And we did the whole combat and then we finished and I'm just like, "Mm, dang it. Like this could have been (laughs) so, I had so many more tools at my disposal and I did not utilize them, so. Yeah. So that one, I, I kind of kicked myself, but the shadow demon, if you haven't used a shadow demon against your players and in, in the fourth and fifth level range of players, um, I think it's a CR four, I believe this is a really fun creature to jump in and out of combat because it has as a bonus action, it can use the hide. So what I was doing with it is they were in dim light cause they all had night vision and they all thought, Hey, ha ha, they won't see us. We won't have torches and stuff. But then the shadow demon can hide in dim light and has mm-hmm. like a really high stealth bonus. And I would have them leave combat and go hide in a corner again, be completely undetected. And then when it comes out and surprises somebody, it gets even additional more damage. So it was just ripping through guys left and right. It can phase kind of, I use it as like a, allowed it to phase through the shadows. It can go through, it can't be trapped so it can get through the players and move where it needs to go. And they really had a hard time fighting this, the shadow demon, which I thought was really cool. So they were all excited about, they hadn't realized how deadly these things could be. So it was kind of fun to have something like that in the game. Um, But we're still getting in my game. This is funny. I'm sure this is happening in other games and I see it get talked about online quite a bit is Every time my party, they, for whatever reason, do not conserve anything. They blow every single ability they can as fast as they can in the encounter. So it's to the point where at the end of the fight, in their heads, they have to rest. 
even though they just came off a rest, they went down some stairs that took maybe a total of seven minutes. They got into yeah. a fight and they're like, well, we need a long rest. I'm like, you guys have been awake for a total of 12 minutes. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> need a long rest. And I'm just, I've been trying to explain to them that they need to conserve abilities and their mindset is they just need to blow everything they have as quickly as they can um, on these tough encounters. Cause it feels like it's a tough encounter to them and they feel, so I, I'm, trying to help my players understand that in my world mm -hmm. i would expect that you might get two or three encounters could possibly happen could conceivably happen as a normal thing sometimes you'll have one encounter and there'll be plenty of time after that to do something other times it'll, you'll have one or two or three encounters and then then you'll get a time to rest and in a very rare occasion there might be a five, six encounter where you're being harried. They're not letting you rest. You're being chased or whatever might happen. They're going to keep coming after you. So we get into some of that exhaustion stuff, but I definitely want to get them away from thinking that we're going to fight one battle and then we're all going to take a long rest. So everybody gets their stuff back and we're going to fight one battle and everybody takes their, their long rest. Cause now they're starting, you know, and what they're doing now is they're discussing amongst themselves how to get around me wanting to do that. So they want to get like Liam tiny hut or whatever, so that right after the battle, they can set up some cool rope trick. So they're hidden from the dungeon. Um, yeah. But I think if I'm not, if I am correct rules and dungeon masters out there, isn't there a rule that says how often you can take a long rest? What is the official five E rule on long rests? I'm sure chat might know about it. Um, I don't know. I think it's actually, I mean, it, as a, I've always just been like, listen, guys, like, I know you're beat up. If you mm -hmm. want to leave the dungeon that you're in to go, like, set up a camp outside and utilize your time like that, you can. But you can't just, like, long rest, long rest, long. I mean, we're going to say that you spent time hunting, you set up a campsite, you did this, and then you took a long rest. I've allowed that in the past, but not just the, like, they're... Honestly, they're treating it like a, a, a game, which it is a game, so it kind of makes sense that they're treating it like that. But, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's a rule or not about long rests, how many you can take in a day. <laughs> the only reason I think there might be a rule, and I could be wrong, but I'm in, I was watching um, Adam Koble run Dungeon of the Mad Mage, and they obviously started diving into the dungeon, and his party was doing the same thing blowing all their abilities and, and whatever fight they got themselves into, then pushing forward five minutes later or whatever and getting into another fighter wanting to run away and say, wait, 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 we need to go rest first. And his was, he was Ooh. mentioned, and I don't know if this is official rule or if he made it up. I'm taking it over too. You can only do one long rest in a 24-hour period. That's exactly what I was going to tell you because I just looked it up. And that's yeah. what it says under long rest. A character can't benefit from more than one long rest in a 24 hour period. And the character must have at least one hit point at the start of the rest to gain its benefits. Yeah. So I'm definitely enforcing that rule and I'm telling them that, um, you know, you just, it's going to be tough. There are going to be times where you're not going to have every ability. And if you guys keep pushing forward, you've got to either conserve some stuff mm -hmm. or, when a real emergency happens, or you've got to be willing to fight with your character, even though you don't have your cool, your five smites that you normally have, or you don't have your, you know, your, whatever it is, your, your cool thing is. Um, so, but your characters are powerful without some of those things. They still are hitting yeah. two attacks per turn. They're still slinging cantrips left and right. They're still doing all kinds of stuff. So 
Um, they are powerful characters. And I think now it's funny because in our Tomb of Annihilation game, the one I'm playing in, we are often getting in multiple fights before we get a long rest. And there we have some of the same players. They're not complaining. But in my game, they're complaining about, you know, they're, they're not getting enough. They don't have their abilities for these big fights. I'm just like, okay. So that was the big thing that came up this week. And I've been trying to kind of work my way through. I don't know if there needs to be a rule or I was starting to think of something where they could, they get a choice, right? So let's say um, on a, on a short rest, you could pick one of your long rest abilities to come back or something so that they maybe could pick and choose and say, well, maybe in this rest, I just, I want to get my one really cool racial thing back. That's usually after a long rest, or they could say, Oh, you know, I really want to get this one spell slot that I would get back normally but I need a long rest to get that spell slot or I want this, you know, sentinel ability or whatever it might be, you know, that they're doing. Well, and like the wizard has that though. Like if you take a short rest, the wizard has the arcane recovery and like the druid has this, a similar thing. Um, So I don't like, I think that would just, yeah, be overpowered. You're trying to fix something that isn't broken. Does that make sense? Like the game is balanced around this your players just need to learn how to conserve their stuff. And I don't know how to make them do that. Um, I, I roll uh, on a short rest. I roll one D 12. If it's an mm-hmm. 11, they have an easy fight. Monsters come find them. If it's a 12, they have a difficult fight on a long rest. I roll two D 12 if they're and So basically it, it encourages them to, if they are going to take a long rest, they need to find a safe place, safe place to do it. Right. Um, rather than just like, oh, we cleared out this dungeon area. I better take a long rest. Well, what's causing somebody? What's what's stopping something from coming up or down the stairs? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you say like there are consequences for taking a short or a long rest, um, maybe they will be like, well, I don't want to use all of my spell slots. I have that arcane recovery. We'll take a short rest, maybe after this fight. But like, I could keep going. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you could leverage monsters, but yeah, I think you're making it too. um, And, and uh, Zris agrees with me in chat. (laughs) So he's just like, no, no, you'll make it. That's too powerful to do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, The other thing that's interesting too, is like when you said, well, you've encouraged them to leave the dungeon and come back. And with mine, I don't encourage them even to do that because I'm like, you can do that but the dungeon's going to repopulate or they're right. going to set up their guards again, or they're going to do something. They're going to lay traps you for guys you or something. Left, yeah. And now they've realized what's happened and they're going to try to fix this because they're not, I'm not playing them as dumb. I'm not playing any of the creatures in this campaign as being just dumb world of Warcraft style NPCs where two guards stay at the door and then nobody hears anything like stuff comes running when a battle breaks out or if you're going to use thunder wave underground, the whole place is going to know you're there, that type of thing. Um, So they're trying to learn from that, but they just feel like, you know, these fights are hard. They want their abilities. And I I get what you're saying because the game does seem to be balanced around it, but is it because CR is broken? You can't say it's necessarily balanced with CR, which is completely doesn't seem to work for anybody. Um, for the most part. And do you want your players, if they have the abilities, do you want your players to be able to use those abilities because that's what make them the barb- the cool barbarian? <clears throat> Does that make them the cool wizard? Does that make them the cool cleric by being able to do those things? 
And if they can't, all they can do is swing their mace. Are they really feeling like a cleric? Or should I just let them use all those cool abilities and just ramp up what they're fighting? Um, I would ramp down what they're fighting and have more encounters. Uh, if, if it was me, like, there's nothing wrong with just like, okay, you guys like, and have them look at it and be like, oh, these are four goblins. Um, Mm -hmm. do I really need to waste a fifth level spell slot on four goblins? Like they need to, they need to start thinking about that. And like, maybe they start out with cantrips against the shadow demons and then pretty quickly realize, oh, um, I need to, I need to ramp up what I'm doing against this guy because this is a tougher fight. Um, or just, I don't know, like I'm a big fan of like two to three fights before the big fight. And so mm-hmm. I'll have like two to three medium encounters that they they do just like mop up really easily because that's it's an easier encounter, but that drains their resources for the big fight. And you were saying that whatever you throw at these guys, they seem to do really well at. That's probably because they are able to just um, explode with power every fight, you know? And right. so if you, if you dwiddle or dwiddle, that's not a word. If you, if you lessen their, their resources, their powers, um, through like two to three, maybe even four combats before the big boss. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you said because I'm not necessarily designing a railroad or a, or a, on tracks because it's a Abbey that has several layers and then each layer is guarded by a certain type of creature for a specific reason, mm-hmm. like not just, you know, out of the blue or randomly rolled. They're doing stuff there. And there's something going on in the third level that's even more powerful. And it, I'm not, like, changing the difficulty based on their party level. Perfect. If they push down to the third level, they're going to run into stuff that might be way too powerful. For Perfect. Them. Then let them get hurt. Let them run back yeah, yeah, yeah. away. Let them yeah. do that. Like that seems, I mean, that's exactly how I did my mega dungeon that I created the inverted pyramid where right. I just had, there were easier encounters. There were difficult encounters. There were encounters they could completely bypass. There was one that was like a, a I was like, you see a sarcophagus and a bunch of gold and they're just like, okay, we're not going in there. That's obviously a trap. Like something's going to come out of that sarcophagus. We don't need the gold right now. We'll come back later for it. And I'm like, okay, and it is like they made those decisions and and that's exactly how you play D, i think is decisions have consequences so if they're like well we've got no spell slots no rages left um no sh- like a short rest won't do anything because i spent all my hit die yeah let's kick down that door well right you know that's how you get into jordan's <laughs> tpk that happened like they yeah. had they had done a short rest they had nothing left they used everything against the last fight that they did and they wouldn't they would have done a lot better if the barbarian had rages and the paladin had spell slots but they decided to use um mm-hmm. yeah and push too far too far and that that happened in our in that monday game where they fought in a room but the way they fought them it started pushing them closer and closer to a hallway and it they were driving them down a hallway well there was something else at the end of the hallway so they eventually pushed the fight themselves into another encounter which then compounded the encounter they were in and then, you know, so it was like they actually, if they would have drawn them a different direction, that second encounter wouldn't have came on there. It wouldn't have been so hard. But the way they have fought and the way they have done things has been, we're just going to run forward and headbutt it like Hulk. And uh, it's got them in some trouble. So, <laughs> But they don't understand that. Like from their point of view, I'm just the hard dungeon master. Yeah, really no. <laughs> I, I If you need to, I would point out that rule and just be like, yeah. look, guys, it's a rule of the game. So. Yeah. 
it's yep, not so it's not Lucian being mean. It's you guys are literally taking. And I think uh, my my game that I'm playing in to transfer over to me, I yeah. guess. So yeah. the uh, uh, my DM Nathan was even saying that uh, he's like, I think you guys are taking too many long rests too, or too many short rests. And I'm like, it's true. And we have characters like we have a warlock who very much is like after every fight, he's like, can we Watch short rest? Because I need yeah. my two spell slots back. Yeah. Um, so and for me it's like i'm like i don't i don't know my everything i have resets on a long rest so well i get action surge back on a short rest but yeah so i don't know um that's a good that's a good thing anything else sorry i didn't mean to like jump in and be like no, that, no it's yeah, that, time. The, the two games kind of <laughs> bled into that where one they were so much about when do we take rest how do we take rest and how do we get around lucian's well okay yeah. he's not gonna let us take a rest so now we're gonna because players are the smartest thing you'll ever have to deal with anyways they're going to try to find ways around um not getting interrupted or yeah. not so we're like oh well we're in an invisible hut so nothing right. can get to us anyways so we'll just wait here for 16 hours get all of our abilities back and go back i'm like you know so i'm i'm trying to i want it to be fun i want it to be epic i'm trying to encourage them to conserve by discussing it with them yeah more than doing any changes yet and i've pointed out the rule to them about the 24 hour thing and in both games it's kind of come up so i thought it was an interesting thing to talk about. yeah but no it's super that, interesting what did what did jordan get to do on his holiday filled week of fourth of july how did you celebrate uh, well wednesday the third i played D, &D uh but nice. the fourth of july i lit off a bunch of fireworks which was fun it's cool <laughs> our neighbors are like firework crazy and so we bought, we had sparklers left over from our wedding. So we were just out there with sparklers and they're like, that's not enough. And so our neighbors came over and were like, you need to light these Roman candles and here to put this on fire and all this other stuff. And I was just like, oh, okay. So we ended up lighting off a bunch of fireworks and stuff with our neighbors, which was fun. But, but in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, um, my players are having the aftermath of the TPK. So uh, one of my players died outright and he rolled up a new character, so he's now a changeling bard. And I so gave no resurrection possible. They couldn't get the body well, back. They could still go back and get the body, but they. He's like, no, I think I'm he good playing on. this car, and he's he's just. I'm gonna move on now. I gave, I told him that I was like, you know, they can probably find your body or whatever. They did end up taking uh, the sword of uh, the dragonborn fighter, um, and they want to like create a shrine or something and and just memorandum to this guy. So I was like, no, that's cool. And then one other question, Changeling, what's that from? What race, Eberron. what book's that coming from? Oh, you're letting them do Eberron races. Yeah, okay. because uh, they they don't really have, they're looking at the list of races they can be, and they don't really understand that this is the, like, is this a Greyhawk race? Is this a whatever race? And since he was a Dragonborn earlier, and I'm like, I don't think Dragonborn are in Greyhawk either. Uh, and, and so I'm kind of just like, we're playing an adventure, play what you want to play. Um, if we if we were doing something like Acquisitions Incorporated, I would be like, I want you guys to be like Faerun races. Um, mm -hmm. And if we were doing an Eberron game, I think I would say no Faerun races. Like you have to be races from Eberron. Gotcha. Um, but uh, in this case, I'm it's Ghosts of Saltmarsh, and I'm just kind of being fluid with it. So he's a changeling bard, and he's really excited about it. So that's ultimately what's cool. Like if if mm -hmm. the player is super excited to play this 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 uh, this character, then I'm like, well, then play that character. So. But they woke up on a boat. The changeling bard is part of this smuggling ring. He's a he's on the boat as a as a shipmate, and the rest of them were tied up in the hold. So they had a really good interaction with the captain. Basically, 
not begging for their freedom, but just kind of like, hey, we could join your crew or we could do this or like, don't kill us. And, and so there was a lot of back and forth like that and really good role play. But at the end of the day, the captain was like, listen, I'm not going to kill you because if I kill you, people come looking for you. And then all of a sudden my smuggling ring is broken open and all these and, and, and I just can't have that. So instead, I have to like I have to a delivery to do. And after that delivery, I will pay you 100 gold if you say nothing about this. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He took all their gold, so they actually, like, netted negative 50 gold because he ended <laughs> up taking all of their money and then gave them 100 gold back. So the the captain profited from this, but anyway. Um, and they were like, oh, okay. And so there was a long discussion after the captain left of, like, you know, the the barbarian broke out of his, his rope bonds and he untied everybody. And they're like, well, do we take over the ship? Do we hide in barrels? Or do we jump off the ship and swim to shore like what do we do and there was an hour of discussion about what they were supposed to do and a physical hour at the table where they were just like we don't know what to do like what do we do and Mm -hmm. my question i guess is i didn't have a really good sense of what i wanted them to do i was kind of leaving it up to the changeling smuggler the bard to be like do you want to help them take over the ship? Do you want to bring the captain down and then have the captain fight them and you change sides? Do you want to be against them? Like, I'm like, I don't really know how this is going to play out. I'm relying on you a little bit. And he was like, okay, I think like the captain's been good to me. So I'm not, I'm not going to like, you know, throw the captain under the bus kind of a thing. Uh, But I'm realizing that I should have had something like maybe I should have introduced some conflict because Mm -hmm. the entire session for me uh, I think they had a lot of fun, but for me felt uneventful because mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, the pirates come back and check on them. I didn't have like a fire start out on the ship. I didn't have like a mutiny start out on the ship. Like, I don't know. How would have you handled that? Because they kind of talked their way through it. And then afterwards, the captain lived up to his word, gave him a hundred gold, dropped him off. And that was the end of the session. And I was like, oh, I should have done. Like, I wasn't thinking. I, sh- I don't know. I should have had conflict. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with you. I think when you look back on something like something and like that's that, hindsight as up. a dungeon master. And I think yeah, every yeah. dungeon master goes through this, where it's just like in the moment you're doing the best you can, and then you, mm-hmm. if you're like me, you lay in bed and you're like, "What if I had done this instead?" And that's exactly yeah. how I felt. But you don't often have to think of that, right? Because most of the time, your players have ideas of what they want to do and you're just reacting to them so most of the time when you're doing your prep or you're getting ready you're in the mindset of they're going to have some crazy plan that they're going to want to do mm-hmm. and i'm just going to react to that so i've got all my stuff ready to react to whatever craziness they come up with but then every now and then a session will happen where they don't know what to do yeah and your prep has all been about i'm going to react to what they do but now they don't know what they're going to do. So I can't react to what they're not doing. And then, yeah, so then you get in this trap. So then when you look back on it, you're like, oh, well, why did I do that? And But I think it just doesn't happen as often. So we don't think about it. Um, I'm always leery about prison, you're in jail yeah. sessions. I actually hate them for the most part because it does turn into they feel like they don't have the stuff they need to get out 
Yeah, because they don't have any they, equipment. They yeah. don't have agency, so now they're stuck. They're trying to come up with elaborate plans. Do we jump the guard? Do we bribe the guard? What do we do? And they don't feel like they have any of the stuff that they normally need to do. And you're trying to make it realistic enough. You're like, well, these are chains. You can't just break out of them unless you know you get you get ropes. So to me, I always hate that because it feels like every type of you're in prison starting session breaks down into exactly what you said two hours of the players trying to come up with a plan or talking about a plan or not agreeing on a plan. Like one part of the group wants to do this, but the other part of the group doesn't want to do this. They have a different thing they want to do. And now it's the situation I was in too. Yeah. And so you're just, they were arguing about what to do and they, they could not come to a consensus. Yeah. So to me, I think I've gotten to the point where I try not to start a session with you are prisoners anymore because I just hate trying to work the way out of it Mm. Um, and not make it like, like you said, I don't have to create something that saves them or I throw a fire into the mix to try Mm -hmm. to spice up things. Um, But you did say one thing too, in the notes that stands out to me is it says, you think they had fun. And if we go on, that's true in that premise. Sometimes as a dungeon master, it's okay to let them have fun, even if you're not doing things. It's just them discussing things with each right. other or having some cool role-playing interaction. As long as they're having fun, I guess the thing I'm always looking for is when do they get bored and frustrated? Did they get frustrated at some point? Then I'm probably not doing my job right. Yeah, actually, that's really... Yeah, that's a good point. And they weren't frustrated. I think I think it was... I And they did. They had a good time. I think it was my perception of it it felt uneventful and maybe that's because I was doing very little. And I did at the very beginning of the thing, I I set up, this is the situation and then allowed them an hour to figure out what they want to do. And then we resolved the situation and it was resolved because, you know, they kind of just agreed with what the captain wanted them to do. And so I'm like, well, there's, there's no conflict now. You -hmm. guys are happy because your characters are alive. You played it kind of safe. Whereas (laughs) I'm just like, well, there's, there was no conflict. Like, what was the, I don't know. We could have just bypassed this hour of conversation and said, and then gotten to play more of the actual storyline, you know, is kind of the thing. So, yeah. Um, Felix isn't going to wake up. Sorry. <clears throat> he's, uh, he's conked out right next to me. <laughs> so no Felix this time. <laughs> and really, if three of the characters got to keep their characters, wouldn't we have to reclassify that as a one PK, as a one player kill instead of a total party kill? You let them off. Um, well, no, they made their death saving throws. So I still think it's a TPK if everybody goes down in a fight, but because oh. they made their death saving throws, their characters didn't die outright, which that, is why I had the party caption. unconscious. That's okay. a TPU. No, TPU. No, that's fine. I didn't know there was another <laughs> word for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to start calling them TPUs. <laughs> uh, yeah. What made you think that the bad guys or not, not what made you think, I don't want to challenge you in that way. I'm just saying, what was your thought process of the, they're dealing with really terrible guys, but they're, they're not going to kill the players. What was the, the well, the and that's, figure? that's part of the story is they're not sure. really terrible guys. Um, ah, and I can't okay. give, a, I can't give away a whole bunch because it's like the, the plot of ghosts of Saltmarsh, And there's people out there that are listening that are probably playing in it and things like that. That's cool. So but, the people um, that had they, the chance, they, they the captain legit didn't want to kill him because it's like okay. all this is going to do is bring more heat back to me like if i if i if if you went on an adventure for the city of salt marsh and you don't come back they're going to send more adventurers out mm-hmm. to find you and that's going to bring and i don't want that 
so he was like i actively don't want to kill you um was my mindset and was the but if i let you go what's going to happen exactly are you going to rat on me you're going to do this and so that's why i said he's going to try and sweeten the deal with 100 gold and see what they do and they lived up to their word too they were just like oh no like we didn't see anything and so i'm just like so now this cycle of whatever continues so i have a i have quite the job to figure out for next wednesday exactly what they want to do they're going to have some downtime in salt marsh because they want to craft some magic potions and they want to do some other things um but uh other than that, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to figure out what what motivates them to go further. And I think I think it's gold. I think they're very motivated by money. So all I have to do is drop that little carrot in front of them, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we'll go on another adventure." So we'll see. Did they complete the other adventure, or are they just like, "Well, we're giving up on that"? No, they technically completed it. They just didn't. Okay. They didn't do it how I was expecting them to do it, or how the book was expecting them to do it. And mm-hmm. that's because of that total of that TPK. So now right. I can okay. move on to the next set of adventures and, uh, and, and we'll, and there's little clues dropped that they will discover in the second adventure and be like, Oh, I see what was happening. You know, this guy, Oh, oh you know, and so that's going to occur. So. All right, cool. Yeah. So no, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think, well, I think maybe your, your hindsight put more on you than you than it actually was going on i could see that um tp and then other than that uh if you guys are interested today i'm playing my bx D &D, which is basic expert it's it's original D &D. um and we're playing that today at uh 1 p.m pacific i believe over on the greyhawk channel on twitch um so if you want to catch that today that'll be really fun i've been gone for two weeks because i had two weddings in a row um, that I had to go to, but I'm back and we'll see if I, if I lose a character. Cause I think the rest of my party is level two or three now, and I'm still level one. Uh, and mm-hmm. I lost two characters so far. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm playing a fighter now, which is kind of fun. Um, I like magic users a whole bunch and I started with a cleric that died and then I had an elf that can cast magic who died. And now I've got a fighter who I'm like, Oh, he's not a magic user, but he'll be a lot of fun. So, but he's got more hit points, but he's got more hit points and he's got a higher AC. So perhaps he will live. Yeah. It's very exciting. (laughs) Um, anything else, Lucian? I think that's it. All right, cool. Well, well, yeah, we'll wrap it up like three minutes early, but that's okay. Um, I want to say thank you guys for coming out and watching us live, especially on this 4th of July weekend, which everyone's probably got family and vacations planned and stuff. So that's kind of crazy, but it's awesome. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, You can uh, give this video a thumbs up. Share it with your friends if you found it interesting. Um, If you're listening on podcast format, give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever you listen to podcasts. Uh, A review would be great because it helps um, the more reviews we have, the more the show gets circulated out and we want it to reach as much, many people as possible. Cause that's really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. and I will say hello to Felix for you when he wakes up right now. He's, <laughs> he's super conked out. If you follow me on Instagram, I'll throw up a picture of sleeping Felix. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he'll be on there, but anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you again for watching and we will see you in the future. Uh, next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Uh, Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.